0: bringing us out of darkness and placing us into your marvelous light. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son and our Savior Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and was buried, and rose again on the third day, according to the scripture. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that you shed that he purchased the church that we are a member of. We pray, Heavenly Father, for each and every member here in Inglewood Church of Christ, and we pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing us with the thing you know we stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one walking in darkness. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they you see the light and come to the light before it's everlasting too late. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut-in. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down on them and bless them with the things you know they stand in need of according to your will. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, for the churches that's having difficulty at this time. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down on them and bless them with the things you know they stand in need of according to your will pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's working on the front line. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will keep them safe from any hurt, harm, or danger. And we also pray, he- Heavenly Father, for the ones that breathing at this time. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down on those families and comfort and strengthen them, Heavenly Father, in the way that only you know how. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's traveling, or will be traveling, we just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get to and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's going through and living in the disasters area. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down and bless them with the things you know they stand in need of according to your will. We also pray, Heavenly Father, that your will will be done here on earth as it is done in heaven. We pray, Heavenly Father, when we think, say, or do anything contrary to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. And We also pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue strengthening us where we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will continue loving each other more and more each day. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will be a better Christian today than we were yesterday. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, that this worship service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And we say a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper. He come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we'll listen. words we'll listen toward eternity. Because these will be eternal matter he will be delivering unto us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, Heavenly Father, but also doers of your word. And the things we learn, we'll be able to go and teach and tell others what they must do to be saved heavenly father when we done come to the end of our journey said our last prayer and taken our last breath we just pray heavenly father we'll hear those wonderful words well done thou good and faithful servant come on in get your mansion your robe and your crown all these blessings we ask in your son and our savior Jesus Christ's name That the church say amen
1: Our next song selection please note pages 12 in your sacred selection song books once again it's page 12 in your sacred selection song books oh I want to sing follow to sing as I journey through this land I'm singing as I go I'm born in soul. so friendly. I'll be home at last and ever to read I'll be home at last and ever to rejoice. When before me billows rise from the mighty deep, then my Lord directs my body. song selection, please Note pages 14 in your second selection songbooks. Once again, that's page 14
2: in your second selection song
0: mm-hmm.
1: Follow, let There are some things may I know and there are some flavors. Place- My soul is real in my soul, and my God is real, and for he has washed and made me. Oh, and yes, his love for me is love for it's just like me, go. Song selection, please know pages 23 in your faith and praise books. Once again, it's page 23 in your faith and praise books. Our God, He is alive. Father, let us sing. the Azure blue a God concealed from human sight, and it's in the skies with heavenly hue and frame the world with his great mind there is a there is a God he is a he is a life in him we in him we live and And we survive from the star, God from the star, created, man created. He is our God, He is our God, the great. should know who speaks from his inspired word. There is a God. He is alive. they cannot find. And many-
3: thus our God created man. He is our God. He is the great uh, I am. I'm so thankful to God that we can read about those things in the Bible. Uh, For we know that the book of Genesis tells us about God's power to create. Uh, We're so thankful to God for the blessing of life that he has given us uh, to be on this time side of life. Uh, Every day we lay down our hands, our, our lives are in the hands of God and every day that we wake up our hands are in, our, our lives are in the hands of God and so we just think we're so thankful uh for him giving us the the uh, the blessing of being able to wake up this morning Amen. and to be able to come out to this place to this building to be able to lift up our voices in praise unto him uh let's let me say as we engage our message this morning happy new year to everyone Uh, It is certainly a blessing to be able to uh, make it into 2024. Uh, Many people laid down on December the 31st in 2023 and didn't wake up the next morning. Uh, But God saw fit uh, in his wisdom uh, to bless us to be able to make it into this year. And I pray that uh, as he has given us this blessing of life, this grace of life, uh, that we will use it to be better children of God this year than we were last year. Uh, certainly it is always a blessing uh, to be able to be in the service of God. Uh, let me quickly get into this text as we uh, 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 lead into uh, the, the the foot of the cross, which was the last uh, idea that we were sharing uh, in our theme for last year. Uh, we had talked about the, the ark, we had talked about the tabernacle, the temple, uh, we talked about the church, and we uh, began to get into the concept of the Testament, the New Testament in particular. Uh, and so now within that discussion about the, uh, the New Testament, we began to uh, unfold the various elements of that, and one being the very nature of the foot of the cross. Uh, we had said that in order to understand the significance of being at the foot of the cross, we have to understand the beginning before we can truly appreciate the end. Uh, For we know that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, for we all must stand uh, before the judgment bar of God. And we have to give an account of the things that we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be bad or evil. And so we uh, make sure that we understand that being at the foot of the cross is something uh, that doesn't happen haphazardly. We're at the foot of the cross because God has placed it in his plan uh, for all to stand before him. Uh, And being at the foot of the cross helps us to understand the significance of why we look up to Jesus. Uh, The Bible says, as we have read this morning in Hebrews chapter 9, as we have read in previous texts, that uh, God that is in the form of Christ is our mediator. Uh, And he being the mediator, he is the one who sits at the right hand of God. Uh, He is the one that stands before us, if you will, or stands with us uh, as we are judged for that uh, wonderful thing called eternal life. Uh, He has been identified in John chapter 2. We identified him as our advocate. And we know he is our advocate as we continue to sojourn upon this face of the earth, hoping that as we continue to live lives as Christians, that one day that we will be able to enter into heaven's glory, being our advocate. The Bible says that he died for our sins. He gave his life when we could not give our own lives, but he gave his life that we might live. And so as we look more into this idea of being at the foot of the cross and then understanding the significance of how we got there, why it is uh, a blessing to be able to even speak to uh, the wonderfulness of being at the foot of the cross, we once again return to the idea of the blood, the blood of Christ. Uh, We lead in from that idea into the discussion of how the New Testament, the, the, the biblical text that we uh, have identified as being uh, our guide from earth to glory, uh, what the meaning of the New Testament text really is when it comes to uh, the, the being at the foot of the cross. And then we will end with the idea of being new creatures uh, in Christ Jesus. And these are the three ideas that we want to share as we look at this theme. Uh, For this year, which is being at the foot of the cross. Let us first begin with the blood. And as I said before, in order to understand the end, you need to understand the beginning. We need to remember that the blood, when it came to the creation of God, was something that was in the very beginning. It was something that God had, if you will, allowed to be the life uh, energy of man. He called it the energy, or if you will, the life that's in the flesh. You may recall in Leviticus chapter 17 when uh, God called Moses and Aaron to him. In Leviticus 17, God began to, if you will, explain to Moses and Aaron the significance of the sacrifices of animals' blood. And it wasn't just a simple idea of the flesh being destroyed, being presented to God for sacrifice. But it was the idea that what was within that flesh, which made uh, such a significant impact on the children of Israel in terms of their continual and perpetuation of life, the blood that was in the animals, if you will, where it was innocent blood, and being that it was innocent blood, every time it was spilled, if you will, on the on the altar, on behalf of the children of Israel, not only collectively and generally, but even uh, specifically for the high priest that went into the uh, holies of holies, to uh, offer, if you will, that blood upon the altar, the mercy seat. That blood then, if you will, would give life again to the children of Israel. In other words, it would move them one more year forward. For every year, the high priest must enter into that, uh, that place of holies of holies and offer that innocent animal blood in order that their sins and the penalty For their sins would move forward another year. So in the very uh, literal sense, if you will, if you if you think about the fact that uh, uh, it is in God that we live, move and have our very being at any time, God could have taken uh, their lives and they would have died in their sins without an offering of innocent blood. But with the sacrifices of the animals, with the sacrifices of the of the of the innocent blood of the animals, it was with, if you will, able to give them a new year, a new life for another year. Now, that may sound distant because we are not, if you will, of the the uh, specific idea of the children of Israel back in the Old Testament. But we are the new church. We are the new Israel, if you will. Uh, We are the church that God sent down from heaven's glory. We are God's chosen people as they were then as God's peculiar people. Peter would say we are now, if you will, God's chosen people. We are the peculiar people. We are the church, the spiritual body of Christ. We are members in particular. And so we are the new Jerusalem. We are the new Israel. We are the people of God. We are the church, the body of Christ, the church of Christ, Romans 16 and 16. We look at ourselves and we say to ourselves, how is it that we are able, if you will, every year to be able to come together and to smile and to understand the significance of what it is that we have entered into into this new year. Back then, they understood as the animal sacrifice was made in the, in the, in the alt- uh, on the altar in the holies of holies, the wonderful thing about God's blood is that every day God's blood covers us Amen. in the form of Christ. Every day we wake up, every day we are, if you will, uh, being renewed to move forward one more year, one more day into this new life called Christianity. Every time someone submits themselves, if you present themselves, if you will, to become members of the body of Christ. As Ephesians 1 and 7 says, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Every time someone comes forward to offer themselves, if you will, to become members of the body of Christ, the church of Christ, members of his kingdom. Every time it is the blood of Christ that covers them and it gives them the newness of life. The newness of life. And so as we look at this idea of the new blood, understand that the new blood is referring to the blood of Christ. The old blood was the blood of the animals. That can only roll forward the sin, if you will, one more year. The penalty of sin one more year. But surely when we look at the new blood and the significance of the new blood, Leviticus chapter 17 helped them to understand that yes, the, blood was in the, the life of the flesh was in the blood. But see, it is not the carnal man that we are focused on. We talked about the ark. We talked about the tabernacle. We talked about the temple. Those things, if you will, which were on the carnal side and the fleshly side of man. The children of Israel offered those animal sacrifices, as Hebrews 9 helps us to understand. They offered those sacrifices. But this was not even close to being able to change their conscience, if you will. It was only, if you will, an act to be done. And in that act, if they had faith in it, it would in fact have an impact on their spiritual lives. But when it came to Christ, it wasn't about the physical act in and of itself. Because one cannot see the blood of Christ. If, amen, when you can, one cannot see if if you will what's in the water everything that we understand about the blood of Christ, everything we understand about the significance of the water, everything we understand about the New Testament text is about the spiritual side of man. It is about the church. It is about the testament. It is about being at the foot of the cross. Everyone, if you will, if you think about it for one moment, the spiritual side of this is something that God makes sure we understand. It's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but it's an answer of a good conscience toward God because it's a about the spiritual man. It's not about the physical man. It's about the spiritual man. Has that consciousness turned toward God? Has that consciousness, if you will, be, uh, is that consciousness developing and moving and conforming to the things that are of God, rather the things of the world? As Paul would say to us in Romans chapter 12, he would make it very clear, if you will, he would say, if you will, that that, that we are not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then by renewing our minds, we are to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. It is about the understanding that the blood of Christ, if you will, is not about the saving of the flesh, but the blood of Christ is about the saving of the soul. When you look at at Leviticus chapter 17, and if you understand it, if you will, as as God presented to, uh, to Moses and Aaron, he made it very clear to them that this, the offering of the animal sacrifices, if you will, it wasn't about just the giving of what God had already given, amen. You do realize that everything that man has, God has provided it. Amen. Everything that man has, God created it. Lord, have mercy for man to have. Even in the Garden of Eden, everything that was in the Garden of Eden, God created it for man to have. Amen. If you look at John chapter 1, he says there was nothing made that wasn't made by God. God gave it all. Amen. We may take it and try to and use those things that God has, give, that has given us, and we make it into other things that, that uh, if you will, that we think have more utility. But God is still the one that has created it. Amen. Everything that we eat. I know we may call it pound cake or German chocolate cake, but everything that's in the elements of that cake came from something that God gave us. Amen. amen. I don't care. It came from the ground or, or, or amen in some form or God gave it the, uh, the, the, the uh, perpetuation of the procreation of life in an animal form. Everything that we eat, whether it is a vegetation or whether it is of meat, it came from God. It came from God. So we we look at this and we see that the significance of it, however. It was not in the flesh that God was concerned about, uh, the flesh itself, but it was about the blood. In Leviticus chapter 17. God said, if you will, to Moses and to Aaron at the very first, very first verse, if you will. And and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons and to all the children of Israel, and say unto them, This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded, saying, What man soever there be of you of the house of Israel that killeth an ox or lamb or goat in the camp, and uh, uh, or that killeth it out of the camp, and bringeth not unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation to the offering and offering unto the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord, blood shall be imputed unto that man. Now you might have to say something here. Well, why is it so significant if if, if God says that there's a problem with with an animal being sacrificed or with an animal being killed outside the camp, outside or or even in the camp that is not offered to God as a sacrifice. Why is that the problem? It's not the carcass that God is concerned about. It's what's in the carcass that God was concerned about. The innocent blood was spilled upon the ground. And God would not desire and God would not have for innocent blood to be spilled upon the ground. Any animal that was sacrificed, if it had not been offered to God prior to that, it would be a waste of innocent blood. Are y'all with me this morning? And so we need to understand that when God wrote to Moses and to Aaron, he said, look, don't waste the innocent blood. Offer everything that you have of animals, offer it to God, give thanks for it to God, present it to God first. And when you present it to God and then it is taken, God has received the innocent blood. Amen. And so he goes on, and he says, look, he says, and if they bring it not unto the door of the tabernacle and of the congregation to offer an offering unto the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord, blood shall be imputed unto that man. He has shed blood and that man shall be cut off, and that man, rather, shall be cut off from among his people. Verse number 5, to the end that the children of Israel may bring their sacrifices, which they offer in the open field, even that they may bring them unto the Lord, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, unto the priest, and offer them for peace offerings unto the Lord, and the priest shall sprinkle, the blood upon the altar of the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and burn the fat for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And they shall no more offer their sacrifices unto devils after whom they have gone a-whoring. This shall be a statute forever unto them throughout their generations. And thou shalt say unto them, Whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or of the strangers which sojourn among you that offereth a burnt offering or sacrifice and bringeth it not unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation to offer it unto the Lord, even that man shall be cut off from among his people. The blood was significant. It was significant and it is still significant. Even in the animal's blood, even in that blood which was temporary. How much more, how much more then is the blood of Christ? The innocent blood that was spilled on the cross of Calvary. How much more then is it so precious before God? The blood of animals could only have the sins of the people rolled forward one more year. But look at the blood of Christ. Look at the new blood. The blood of Christ not only, as Paul says in Hebrews 9, the blood of Christ not only went back and covered those who died in faith under the first law, but the blood of Christ rose forward. And it rose forward even into 2024, where each, in, in each soul that desires to be saved can give their life to God, and that same blood covers them. Amen. It covers them. This is the power of the new blood. In John in First John chapter one, we find John writing to the church, and John is speaking. About the significance of the forgiveness of sin. I'm going to come back to Leviticus in a moment. But in 1 John chapter 1, you find John writing, if you will, to the church. And he's writing about the forgiveness of sin. And he says to us the significance, he gives us an understanding of the significance of the power of the blood of Christ. In John chapter 1, he says, if you will, ah, uh, in verse number one, in John chapter one and, and, and one, look what he says. In verse, I'm gonna start reading at verse number, uh, verse number four. He says, And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This is sin is the message which God, which which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. That God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse number nine, if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Christ not only saved those who died under the old law faithful, but it goes forward. And it saves each and every soul that desires to make heaven its home. Back in Leviticus, look what God says to Moses and Aaron about the blood in verse 10. In Leviticus 17 and 10, he says, And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eat his blood and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Lord have mercy. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement. For the soul. Now imagine for a moment that is it's the animal blood that Jesus that, that rather that 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 the, the God the Father is speaking to Aaron and Moses about. It's the animal blood that was making an atonement for the soul. And that soul, if you will, would be kept because of that sacrifice of the blood for one more year. Now imagine for a moment we understand this to be an image of Christ. And we see Christ who is on the cross and Christ who has shed his blood on the cross. And we hear Paul in Ephesians 1 and 7 that says, now we've been redeemed. We've been bought with the price. We've been purchased with the price. It is through the blood of Christ that we have redemption. And it's not about our bodies. He's talking about our souls. He's saying that the soul that needs to be redeemed is not the soul that is redeemed by the old blood, which was the blood based on animals' blood, but the soul that is being redeemed is the soul that is redeemed by the blood of Christ. We therefore have the redemption through the new blood, even the forgiveness of sin. And this is why our life's journey is in the New Testament and not the old. It's in the New Testament and not the Old. In Galatians chapter 3 we help ourselves to understand that the Old Testament was 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 forming a uh, was performing and forming uh, uh uh providing a task to be completed when it comes to the children of Israel but it was actually being written to the entire world but nevertheless we understand that in Galatians chapter 3 that when God was speaking about the children of Israel and about the old covenant about those things that Moses and Aaron uh, if you will were given it, it, these things were for a, a, a particular and specific time but when that time passed it became about Christ In Galatians chapter 3, and if we drop down, if you will, very quickly, to verse number 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse... For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now you may remember in Acts 3 20, 19 and 22, Moses said, if you will, that there will be one that will come up among you who is likened unto myself. Him you shall hearken to all things. Speaking of Christ. And so Paul writes to the church of Galatians and, and to the church of Galatia, and he lets them know that you need to, all things that are written, perhaps that's why Paul told Timothy, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Because he understood that if we don't continue to, 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 to follow in all things that God has said and just not the pieces that we want. But all things that God has said, which gives us not only the old and we, we, we couple it now with the new. Some would say in the long time ago that the the Old Testament, if you will, had the the things of the New Testament concealed, whereas the New Testament now has those things revealed. However wonderful phrase you want to use, whatever lofty and sophistry you want to use, the bottom line is, it's the New Testament that now guides and instructs our lives. Amen. And so we are in Christ Jesus. He says in verse number 11, In Galatians 3 and 11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And remember in Romans, Romans 1 2, we're actually Romans 1 through 9. We find the biggest difficulty with the children of Israel and, God, and Paul writes to the church of Rome and said the biggest issue with the children of Israel was they did not seek the law of God by faith. It wasn't a fact that they didn't bring the animal. They didn't believe in the blood. They didn't believe in the significance of the blood cleansing them and allowing them to live one more year. Nevertheless. He says verse number 12 in Galatians 3 and 12. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Verse number 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, "Curses is everyone that hangeth on a tree. In other words, Christ sacrificed himself on the cross that we might be freed from the curse of the, of, of the, of the lack of obedience to the old law. But now we have the new law. The old law, as Paul says in the Hebrew text, is waxed old and ready, if you will, to be, uh, to be dissolved. But, but the new law is where we now live our lives. And it is the New Testament that gives us, uh, if you will, eternal, uh, the opportunity for eternal life. As Paul has said in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now here's a text for you to understand the most significance of Paul's phrase. When Paul says, I fought a good fight. And he says, I kept the faith. And I finished my course. Now remember Paul was, if you will, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was, if you will, uh, uh, based on the law, the Bible says that he was a Pharisee. His father and mother, if you will, were perfect according, he, through his father and mother and through his religious lineage, he says, I was perfect according to the flesh, but I count that all but dung for the excellency of the knowledge of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul understood that the, that the life expectancy of the soul was not in the old law, it was in Christ Jesus. Maybe that's why he told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 that Christ is our hope. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Verse number 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles, or on the Gentiles, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises promises made. He saith not and to seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant, and when we talk about the covenant, let me just be very clear here. We call it the Old Testament or the Old Covenant or the New Testament or the New Covenant. We're talking about one of the same. When you're talking about the covenant, the covenant is either the new covenant or the old covenant. Amen. And so here when he talks about the covenant, he says that that covenant that was confirmed before, uh, before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, co- uh, uh, cannot uh, it. that it should make the promise of none effect. In other words, the old covenant that came through Moses, that was given to Moses, it didn't take away the faith that God had already promised to Abraham. But look where the faith came in. The faith did not come in into the Old Testament. Amen. Because remember we just said in Romans chapter 9. When we look at Romans. Romans chapter 1 through 9. You will find that in the text in Romans. That that the biggest problem of the Old Covenant. Was that the people of God would not follow it by faith. So faith did not come in into the Old Covenant. But look what he says. In verse 18. For if the inheritance Be of the law. That is the old law. It is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serveth the law. What law? The old law. The old covenant. That covenant that was ordained by. And moved forward by the sacrifices of blood of animals. That was temporary. Look what he says. Wherefore then serveth the law. It was added because of our transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Lord have mercy. And remember It was the blood because it was the blood that
1: spoke to God. Lord
3: have mercy. Even Moses had to sacrifice. Lord have mercy. When the animal's blood was put on the altar, that was the mediation between God and man. It was the animal sacrifice. Because it allowed, if you will, when that innocent blood was spilled, it it allowed for for the sins and the penalty of the sins of the people and the penalty of sin, as Paul says in Romans chapter 6, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift chapter 10 and 17 so then faith see that? The blood was the mediation. It wasn't Adam sitting there trying to explain away the fact that he listened to his wife. Lord have mercy. Oh, you missed it. You missed it. The the preacher is not going to be your intercessor. I'm looking for the blood. I'm not concerned about his eloquent speech and the sophistry of his words. I'm talking about where's the blood? Where's the blood that has covered the life of that individual? And now by covering the life of that individual, that individual is trying to live up to the expectancy of the perfection of the
2: blood.
3: Let me see the blood. Because the blood is the intercessor between God and man. Brother Cole, but that's one example. You know, we say, "Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established." Let's go back to when the angel of death went through the Egyptian, uh, 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 went through Egypt, and was uh, destroying all the firstborn of each family. What did God say? Place on the doorposts. Blood. And put it on the lintel of the doorpost, and, and cover the doorpost. And, 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 and the wonderful thing about that is, he says, and I know that some of them are impoverished, and so they may not have access to the to the animals in order to do that. Let them go to their neighbor's house. Amen. Lord have mercy. Amen. In other words, even poverty would not be an excuse. God said, if I see the blood, I will pass. I will pass over you. Lord, have mercy. It is the blood that becomes the intercessor. It is the mediation between God and man. And that's why when we see in Hebrews chapter 9, in the New Testament text, and the Bible calls Jesus a mediator between God and man, Moses had his role because he was to give the law to the children of Israel and the children of Israel were supposed to supposed to follow the law. And through following the law, that blood would become the intercessing or the intercessor or the mediator between God and man. Now, 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 Galatians, we were we were we were speaking about the fact that 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 uh, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If there, could, if there was a law that was given, that could have given life. In other words, you can even see here that even the animal's blood that was given, it was only moving forward another year. But it didn't give the true life that God desired for man to have. And the life that God desires man to have is eternal life. And that life could only be acquired through the blood of Christ. And so Paul tells us in Hebrews 9, he calls Christ our mediator. And someone says, We have different belief systems and religious belief systems written with different kinds of creeds and covenants of man. And, 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 and we, we, we hold on to these belief systems that are not according to the truth of God's word. And we think that's going to save us. But God says it's in the blood. And the only thing that's going to save us that's in the blood is given to us to understand by the New Testament text new testament text that tells us that life is in the blood now the life that was in the blood in the old testament was based on the the humanity of man the f- flesh of man but the life that is in us today is about the life that is in our spirit in our soul Amen. for paul says i fought a good fight i kept the faith i finished the course Henceforth, there's a crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me, and not only to me, but also unto all those who love his appearing. It is about that crown of life. And that crown of life is only given by those who are covered by the mediator of the New Testament. And that mediator of the New Testament is Christ. Let me close. So when you get to Hebrews chapter 9, as was read in our reading this morning, look what he says in verse number 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience? You see, God is in the spiritual realm. He says, purge your conscience from what? From dead works to serve the living God. Do you see what is transpiring here? God says it's not about what you do. It's about how what you do manifests itself from what your conscience understands and believes. And so, when faith is infused in the life of one who wants to be saved, then that faith that comes from God's word. So then, man. Uh, so then, a uh, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans ten and seventeen. When man hear God's word, that faith, if you will, comes into his consciousness, and then the actions that that man takes is an action that should be manifested from his faith. That faith is coming from the New Testament Paul says to the Hebrews how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God and that's why we, we, we you know we hear all the time people say you know I, uh, you know I, I'm going to go get my life right and then I'll come back and obey the gospel no you have to obey the gospel then go get your life right Because you don't have the strength to get your life right without God. Because you don't have the power that's necessary to get your life right without God. You don't have Christ. You need the blood of Christ to strengthen you so that you can go get your life right. Because getting your life right into actions, the actions that you are doing that causes you as Adam and Eve, the actions that they committed were the things that led, if you will, was the impetus to their sin. The actions that we are doing in this day and age, the actions that we do show and manifest our sin. God says, first get your conscience together. Trust in the blood of Christ. Put it on the doorpost of your soul. Lord have mercy. So when you cover yourself in the blood of Christ, you then, if you will, are strengthened by God to purge your conscience in the way that it should be. That you then may take possession and control over the behavior of your flesh. Now, 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 now. Now, now, 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. Remember what Paul says. Now, remember this. And, and, and I say this because, you know, we have a problem with people taking spiritual terms and spiritual words and, and co-opting it to things that are not according to God's word. But let me tell you something. Paul says in Hebrews 9 and 27, look what he says. He says, he says I keep under my body. Now, you know that's physical. You, you already know that. Are you two different people? Paul is saying, I keep under my... In other words, through God's word, through the preaching and believing of God's word, through his meditation on God's word, it is strengthening him to keep his body and to bring it into subjection. Why? Because that body must be presented as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Now I'm going to digress here because I made a point and I want to come back and complete it. I said people co opt names and they co opt those names and they apply it to things that are not according to God's word, but yet uh, uh, they still co opt those names like holiness. And when the churches of Christ, sometimes in the church of Christ, when we hear somebody, you know, we, we hear about holiness, immediately we associate it with some other church and some other belief system because that's what's out there. But let me tell you something. If there is such a thing as a holiness church, it is the church of Christ. Yes. It's the church of Christ. Because God says It is the blood of Christ that helps us to grow into becoming holiness. And even Peter says, as Christ has said, be ye holy, for I am holy. I ain't going to let the devil steal my joy. Are you all the holiness church? Yes, we're the holiness church. There is no other church that's not holiness because we are the holiness church. Bible goes on and helps us say, helps us to understand that in Hebrews chapter 9, when Christ says, when Paul says about Christ, that he purges your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Remember in in verse number 15 what he says about the New Testament. And for this cause, wait a minute, for what cause? Just go back to the previous verse to purge your conscience. To serve a living God. In order for us to do that, he says, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Wait a minute, why why not the Old Testament? Because the Old Testament doesn't have the blood of Christ. (laughs) The New Testament has the blood of Christ. Are y'all with me now? The New Blood gives us the New Testament. Which brings us into the last point. We become new creatures. And look at the, it becomes full circle. Because even though in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it says we are new creatures. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. When we look at the New Testament text, and he says we're new creatures, the word there, if you will, uh, ketisis, actually means new creation. It goes back. issues of life even though first john 2:15 would say love not the world neither the things that in the world for all that in the world is the lust of the eye and the pride of life we 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 succumb to those things and and so we lived in a life of sin but when we meet the blood of christ god says i can take your spiritual degradation and i can give you a new life because you can become a new creation in Christ Jesus. You can't become a new creation without the New Testament and you can't have the New Testament without the shedding of the new blood. All of these things work together because when you're at the foot of the cross, He's not looking at how much money you gave to charity. He's not looking at how many, uh, how much, how much, uh, 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 what what you, what position you rose to in life and status. He's not looking to how many friends you were able to accumulate. He's saying, are you covered by the blood of Christ or not? And if you're covered by the blood of Christ. It's new. Because remember when they came to when in, in the gospel according to Matthew, when they came to Jesus and and, and and uh they started talking about all the things that they had done, they cast out devils, they had done many wonderful works, right? They'd done some stuff. Amen. They did some stuff, fed the hungry, clothed the naked, housed the homeless. Amen when you can. They did some stuff, right? And you would say to yourself immediately, these are good things. What was the issue, Lord? The Lord said, yeah, you did some stuff. But see, your stuff that you did had something missing. And the thing that was missing was the most important element. It was not covered by my blood. So what were you doing it for? Were you doing it for me? Or were you doing it to try to hedge your bet and to give it into heaven? Because Jesus says, there'll be many that come unto him in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in Thy name? Have I not done many wonderful works? Have I not done this? Have I not done, from, done that? And Jesus says, depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity. Well, wait a minute. What is in that that appears that I have worked iniquity? These things appear to have been good things to do. But it wasn't what you did. It was the manifestation from which it came. And if it came and if it didn't come from the from the manifestation of the blood of Christ being on your soul, then what you did wasn't wasn't worth anything. Because it wasn't about doing the father's will. And that's what Jesus ends with. He that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. So as we cover ourselves. In the blood of Christ. By obeying the gospel in this new year. Let us understand that all that we do as Christians, we're not doing it because we're so good. We're doing it because God is good. We're doing it because God is good. And God has blessed us with either the resources or he blessed us with the the health and the strength to be able to do these things. And so in this new year, let us reflect on that new blood. Let us hold high the New Testament. Let us understand that those things are the foundation of us becoming new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. I can't change what was done in the past. But I certainly can change what God has given me to change right now so that I can hope for, as Paul did, for the future. For Paul says, there's a fight that has to be fought. And that fight that has to be fought must be fought with the blood of Christ. And having that blood of Christ cover our sins, look what he says, if you will, by keeping the faith. He says, you can finish your course. You can finish your course. Because you're not trusting in what the world can do. You're trusting in what God can do. God has given us Christ. And so he says to us, you need to have faith in it. Romans 10 and 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And look what he says. If you're seeking God, then seek him first. Prioritize the Lord in your life. So while Because without the blood of Christ, what do those other things matter? They don't matter at all. But he says in Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, God knows what your needs are. He's able to provide those needs. So whatever your resolutions are, make sure that they don't start with number, that make sure that you start, rather, with the blood of Christ at number one. And then try to work out those other New Year's resolutions. I'm still trying to work on how many... Amen. Well, I'm going to leave myself out. Amen. He says that we have to repent of our sins. We need to acknowledge that the
2: blood
3: of Christ redeems us. We have redemption through his blood. Even in the forgiveness of sin. So we repent of our sins. Luke 13, 3 and 5 says, I tell you nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Acts 17 and 30, God commandeth every man everywhere to repent. 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9, you don't have time. All you have is right now. One day with God is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. God lets us know that he doesn't wish any to perish, but all should come unto repentance. Confessing Jesus Christ to be the son of God. Romans 10 and 9, with the mouth we confess Christ Jesus. Romans 10 and 10, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice what he says. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And if you can just start here with your conscience, you can can handle the rest. But you got to start here getting your conscience right. Understanding the faith of God's word. Committing it to your life. Letting God's word shape and mold your life. As Ephesians chapter 2 says, that we are God's workmanship. Created to do good works. It's time for you to change your life time for you to confess him Romans 10 and 9 with the mouth we confess Christ Jesus Romans 10 and 10 with the heart with this heart man believeth unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation going down in the watery grave of baptism where we meet the blood of Christ that covers us from all of our sins and when he says cover from all of our sins it doesn't mean that your sins that you did before goes away what it does is it's that doorpost, the penalty of sin but the wages of sin is death But the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's not like you didn't do the things that you did. But by obeying the gospel, the blood of Christ covers that. And so when you have to stand at the foot of the cross and you have to stand before God at the foot of the cross, it's not your past sins that God sees. What he sees is the blood. He sees the mediator. He sees Christ in your life. May God bless you. God keep you. May you come right now and obey the gospel before it's everlasting eternally too late. As we stand and sing the invitational song, why don't you come?
1: 903. 903. Would you be free from the no burdens of no sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you worry for the victory win? there's wonderful power in the blood? And there is power, power wonder. In the blood, in the blood of the Lamb, of the Lamb, there is power, power, wonder-working power. In the precious blood of the Lamb, there is power, power, wonder-working power. In the blood, in the blood of the Lamb, of the Lamb, there is power, power, wonder-working. In the precious blood of the... Land. Please open your faith and praise books to page 382. Once again, it's page 382 in your faith and praise books as we prepare for communion. Why did my Savior come to earth and to the humble go? Why did he choose a lowly bird? precious life for me, for
0: Do ye, as often you drink it in remembrance of me, as often you eat this bread and drink of this cup, ye do show the Lord death until ye come. Thus bow and give thanks for the bread. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us this pre-